When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Wednesday, May 24th. Do you know what day it is? It's today in sports bet. Hello and welcome to another fantastic day in sports. I'm your host, Doug Reed, and you can always find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Reed 34. This is Sports Ethos presentation. If you haven't already, please do check us out at sportsethos.com. We've got a fantastic array of information if you're into sports wagering, if you're into fantasy sports, if you're into DFS, across all major sports, uh, tennis, golf, Aussie rules, football from time to time. We've got a lot of stuff covered there. We've even got disc golf podcasting. We've got some F1 coverage uh, up now. A ton of free information, a ton of podcasts, articles. You can get our different packages, all very reasonably priced. We've got a lot of things going on. We're growing like crazy here at Sports Ethos. And a lot of interesting stuff, but I'm part of the wager pass group, so let's get to it. Uh, no games in the NBA. The game four of the Eastern Conference series just wrapped up last night with Boston staying alive with a 116-99 victory over the Heat. Uh, so they not only covered, they covered, depending on the number you got, they covered the 215. I think it was started around 213.5, 214, 214.5. So I think most people got up 215 or better. So they covered that. So game five is back in Boston in two nights. That line opened up about eight. Uh, I think it opened up about seven and a half, actually. Jumped eight, uh, eight and a half. I just got it at eight and a half, so I'm going to be on Miami at eight and a half and over 215. In the first four games, um, game one total was 239, game two, 216, game three, 230, and game four, 215. So the opening total of 215, um, I'm just came out at, I think, 214, 214 and a half, I think was the best that I saw. Might have come out a little cheaper. Uh, quickly jump 215. A lot of books are still at two, four, uh, 215 and a half. So um, I'm happy to get to 215. So I'm going to take the Heat at – don't know that the Heat win. I think Boston actually could pull out another one and send it back to Miami. I just don't know that they win by eight and a half, by nine points or more. And I think there will be continue to, continue to be a fair number of points scored. Not a crazy amount uh, as two decent defenses. But if it's a close game, I think that even helps uh, get the total over. So that's what I'm on, a little adva- advanced numbers. On the diamond tonight, we have, or today and tonight, actually, 15 games. Another full slate in the majors, starting early, as they often do. For some teams, it's getaway day. So let's get right into the early action. 12.35 in the East, just afternoon. For anybody sitting around at lunch, want to catch a bit of ball games, a bit of baseball, uh, you can certainly tune in to Texas at Pittsburgh. The Road Rangers, minus 125 in the money line. The Home Pirates, plus 105. Total here is at 9, juice to both sides at minus 110. For the Rangers, you get their lefty, Martin Perez, who has a great record at 5-1. and one. Underlying stats aren't quite as good. 49 to third innings, 4.01 ERA, 14 walks, 38 strikeouts, 1.52 whip. Uh, going against Johan Oviedo, the young pitcher for the Pirates, young righty. 48 innings, 4.69 ERA, 1.54 whip, uh, 23 walks, in, and 43 strikeouts. Now, I'm actually on the Rangers here. Um 
They covered the run line for me. I've been on the run line for the Rangers the last two games. Lost on on Monday. Uh, won it tonight. They, they covered it easily. And I just think the Rangers' bats are firing all cylinders. Texas, uh, Pittsburgh is not. And Perez has not had a great year, obviously. Um, but he's had a couple solid seasons. And I think he'll be able to uh, hold Pittsburgh in check. And Oviedo, I'm just not buying yet. He's... And like I said, 48 innings, so he's pitched regularly throughout the season. 4.69 ERA, 1.54 whip. Uh, has been a little bit better lately. They beat Arizona 13-3 where he went six innings, just gave up one run. Um, they lost to Baltimore 6-3 where he went five innings, just gave up one run there. But prior to that, against Toronto in five innings, he gave up seven runs, six earned. Prior to that, against Washington, not a great offense. Decent offense, but not a great offense. Uh, two and a third innings, gave up. Seven runs, seven earned. Prior to that against the Dodgers, five and a third innings, five runs, four earned. So his last two starts have been decent, but three prior to that were horrendous. And he's going against a hell of an offense. Texas is really clicking. So I like Texas to win. Minus 125 in the money line. I looked at that. Um, If you're a little more conservative, that's probably a better play. I just don't like laying. To be honest with you, I don't like laying a whole lot more than 120 on a money line play very often. So pivot to the run line. I think you're getting a good price uh, for a hot offense against a struggling pitcher and a struggling defense. Next game, 105, uh, also a lunch game in Philadelphia, where the Phillies host the D-backs. You can get Arizona on the road as favorites at minus 115 and the home Phillies as the underdog at minus 105. And that is purely due to a pitching matchup because straight up the bats and straight up the record, I would definitely lean towards the Phillies. But Zach Allen's on the bump for the D-back. Total here is eight. Sorry, total here is eight. And it is right now uh, juice to the over at minus 120. So the next move there is money's obviously coming in the over, probably to eight and a half. Um, I would play this at eight and a half. I would not play it at nine. I actually got the eight. I got it early in the day at minus one, early day, I say at minus 110. So... I would play the over here, and I would play it up to eight and a half. If it moves to eight and a half, which it probably will fairly soon, you'll get it at one ten. I would play it there. I wouldn't play it at nine because then if it's um, yeah nine, you get a push. But um, sorry, yeah, I play it up to eight and a half. I wouldn't play it at nine. Um, the for the for the D backs, as I said, Zach Gallon's on the hill, two point nine five ERA in sixty one innings, an exact one point zero zero WHIP. Having a hell of a year. Been hit hard a couple times lately, though. And that's kind of the angle I'm looking at. Ranger Suarez uh, only pitched six innings, 10.5 ERA and 2.67 whip. Uh, not a good start at all. But Gallon was cruising. And if you listen to my show for the last couple of weeks, I've definitely been talking him up as a potential Cy Young candidate. Uh, but he slowed down a little. Not tremendously, but a little. Uh, two starts ago against the Giants, he went seven and two-thirds, five hits, two earned runs. A um, couple walks, six strikeouts, and last game at Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh's struggling. This was, what, five, six days ago? Five days ago. His last start. Uh, the Pirates are struggling. He went three and two-thirds, eight hits, eight runs, five were earned, four walks, and two strikeouts. So four walks last game, two to one before. Uh, prior to that, he hadn't walked more than a batter in since the first start of the year. So uh, hates to the guy struggling. He had one bat out the Phillies offense is doing well, and I think they can get to him for a few runs. I don't know if they're going to knock him around. I would lean the D-backs here. I don't like going against the Phillies uh, on the money line, so I'd lean the D-backs in their favor. Um, but I think that they can get to him for a few runs. And then the other side is Ranger Suarez. And he has – hard to really analyze a guy on six innings pitched, but he has not pitched well for the better part of the last – 
He had a good 2021. Um, looking back, 106 innings, 1.36 ERA, and a 1.00 whip. So decent numbers, obviously. But then 2022, he finished 155 in, in the third innings. He finished 3.65 ERA and 1.33 whip. Not bad, but I don't think it tells the story because he fell off at the end of the year. And he's kind of continued that into this season. Now, hasn't pitched a whole lot, but D-backs are league average against lefties. And I think they can get to Suarez for a few runs. So, you know, if both teams can get the four runs, I'm going to push on this. If one of them, i.e. the D-backs, can get to Suarez for a few more, we're going to get over that. So I'm on the over uh, eight and I'll play it up to eight and a half. 110 in the East. We have... Um, we have the White Sox in Cleveland to wrap up the series against the Guardians. And you can get the home Guardians at minus 140 on the money line. And you can get the Chai Sox at plus 120. Total here is eight and a half. I actually got this at nine, under nine earlier on Tuesday. So the money's obviously coming in on the under. They moved it down to eight and a half. It's at minus 120. I would play it to eight and a half, even at minus 120. I wouldn't play it if it's at eight. Uh, I don't think they're going to be under eight. So, oh, well around there. So I would try and get the eight and a half shop round. If you can still get a nine, great, but probably about an eight and a half. And I'd play it to about minus 120. And I think it's kind of a low key pitchers matchup. You have Michael Kopech on the hill for Chicago, who struggled, but pitched better lately. 15 to third innings, 4.83 ERA, 1.33 whip. And you've got Cal Quantrill for Cleveland, 51 innings, 4.06 ERA, 1.31 whip. So neither of those guys' numbers look uh, all that impressive. But when you look at a little deeper, like I said, Kopech Kopech has rebounded and had a couple decent starts for uh, the struggling Chai Sox recently. Just pulling up his log here, sorry. So last game against KC, granted not a great offense, he went eight innings, one hit, no runs, no walks, and 10 strikeouts. A fantastic outing. I don't care if it's great against KC, it's a major league ball team, and he did well. Um, prior to that against Houston, four and a third innings, one hit, two earned runs, uh, six walks and five strikeouts. So his command was terrible, but it still only gave up one hit. Prior to that at Cincinnati, uh, six innings, four runs, all earned. Prior to that against Minnesota, six innings, one hit, one earned run, five walks and seven strikeouts. So the story for Kopech is control. And if he can get his control um, under him, He's going to be able to shut down, I think, most teams, and especially Cleveland. Cleveland's offense has really been struggling. So I don't see a lot of offense coming out from Cleveland unless, of course, he's just all over the map. They're not going to hit a lot of home runs. Uh, they're probably not going to put the ball in play a ton against him. So if he walks a lot of guys, this under, this total could be in jeopardy. But if he doesn't, I think he could be dominant tomorrow. And then Quantrill on the other side has also pitched fairly well lately after a pretty average start. I've never been a huge Quantrill fan, but when you pull up his numbers and – his last couple outings haven't been fantastic, but against the Mets, five and two-thirds innings, three earned runs, three runs, three earned runs. Prior to that against the Angels, six innings, three earned runs. Prior to that against Minnesota, seven innings, um, just one hit, no earned runs. Against the Yankees, four starts ago, seven and a third innings, just two earned runs he gave up. So uh, he's had two average starts and two pretty good starts. Again, Chicago's – but then he's going against the White Sox, who have been struggling offensively. So I see this game – as two pitchers who struggled to start the year have seemed to right the ship. They still have some warts. It still could go sideways in either of them, but they're also facing two weak offenses. So 
that all adds up to me to not a lot of runs being scored. The market's with me. The number's moving down. So try and catch it. If you can get it at eight and a half, if you get it at nine, great. If you can get it at eight and a half, uh, that's not so bad as well. 110 in the East with the Giants continuing their series in Minnesota against the Twins. You can get the home Twins at minus 165. You can get the road Giants at plus 140. Total here is seven and a half, so a low number expected. Minus 120 uh, juice to the under. So that number could even be coming down to seven, uh, which if anything, I'll start to look to the over. That's an awfully low number. I know neither of these offenses are great, uh, and the pitchers are doing well, or pretty good pitchers, but that's a low number. For the Giants, Anthony DeSclafani gets the ball. 55 and a third innings, 3.09 ERA, .99 whip, just seven walks and 41 strikeouts. Doing well. Uh, been fairly consistent all year long. Not too many blow-ups. Joe Ryan has been fantastic, uh, which seems to be the trend for Minnesota this year. 6-1 record. 56 innings, 2.25 ERA, .89 whip, just eight walks and 66 strikeouts. So you got to lean the Twins here. Can't lean the minus 165. Uh, the run line is plus 125, which is a nice number. But as I've said many times, part of the strategy is in baseball betting. Um, I think you kind of – you have to – in any betting, but especially in baseball, one of the angles is you have to look at things like a run line and uh, where that's applicable and w- where you don't want to play it. A low total. Okay, so the Twins' run line is plus 125. They have to win by two runs to hit the run line, though. A low total is 7.5. It's juiced to the under at minus 120, so probably going down to 7. So if you wake up and you're looking at this number and it's 7, the Twins' run line, they have to win. They have to win by 1.5. And, and if they win in nine innings, which you kind of need. I know you can go to extra innings and still win by two. But as the home team, it's even tougher to do that. Uh, you need this game to end in nine innings, probably, which means the Twins don't get that ninth at bat. So they get eight at bats. The Giants get nine at bats. Low scoring game expected. So the Twins not only have to win, they got to win by by two runs. Tough for me to take a run line in a game like that. And I think that gets overlooked a lot by people. Um, they just say, yeah, Minnesota's a better team. Joe Ryan's been fantastic. Uh, neither team's hitting all that well, but Ryan can shut down anybody. And he probably can. And... Um, the Twins should be able to win easy. Sure. But at home, it's tough. And when the market's saying seven and a half, you kind of have to believe what the markets are saying. Because um, the books usually know more than what we all do. So low scoring game, home team favored, probably not, probably going to be winning going into the ninth. Don't really want to play a run line in that situation. Unless it's a, you know, dominant team and, and or against a terrible team on the other side. And that's not the case here. 110 in the East. We have the Astros in Milwaukee to wrap up their series against the Brewers. And for the Astros, you have righty Brandon Belak on the hill, who's thrown just 18 and two-thirds innings, 2.89 ERA, 1.77 whip, just eight eight walks, 19 strikeouts. So he's been doing well, but obviously walks have been a little bit of a problem, which I think they always have from Belak. Uh, Adrian Hauser on the other side for Milwaukee hasn't pitched more innings either. Or hasn't pitched very many innings either. 14 and two-thirds, 3.07 ERA, 1.50 whip. Three walks, 11 strikeouts. The numbers here, uh, basically this is a pick em, which is the same as what it was today. So minus 110 on either side. Total here is 9.5, juice to the under at minus 120. So that number's going down. Money's obviously coming in. It'll probably settle around 9. This game was a pick em earlier uh, today, and I was on the uh, on Houston and actually lost. Uh, I don't think this game should be a pick em. I mean, the pitchers, you can argue, is not that much of a difference. I think Belak's a little bit better pitcher, to be honest with you. But hard to really look at their numbers this year and get any kind of feel. Uh, the Brewers' bullpen is good for sure. Um, so 
I think, the kind of a wash in the bullpen. And then it'll come to the batting batting order uh, of both teams. And to me, it's not even close. I think Houston's a much better team. They've started slow. Um, they had some injuries. Obviously, Jordan Alvarez was in and out of the lineup. He seems to be relatively healthy now. Jose Altuve is back at the top of the lineup. And I think Houston's just a better team. So if you're going to give me a pick em line at minus 110, I'm going to be in the Astros. So I grabbed them. I actually got it at minus 104 with, earlier on FanDuel. So shop around. I'm just I'm just going for the show. I'm just going off DraftKings numbers. Uh, if you can get better line, shop around for that. I would say anything minus 110 or better. Uh, I take the Astros on the money line. It's just pure better team, uh, marginally better starting pitcher in my mind, uh, and even money. I'm on the Strohs. 640 in the East, the Blue Jays head to, or head to, stay in Tampa to uh, face the Rays. And you've got Tampa Bay as huge favorites in minus 200, even after the Blue Jays won 20 to 1 tonight. 20 to 1. Pretty sure Tampa hasn't lost by that in a long, long time. The Jays certainly haven't won by that in a long, long time. Although that was aided by um, an infielder coming in. I'm sorry. Position player coming in and pitching the ninth and giving up six or seven runs. But nonetheless, the game was out of hand by that. For the Jays, uh, they start lefty Yusei Kikuchi. They come in at plus 170 on the money line. The home race start their ace Shane McClanahan. I said minus 200. Total here is eight. Juice to the over, actually, at minus 115. Um, so money coming in on the over. A few runs expected to be scored. And I think that's probably more for Tampa putting up runs against Kikuchi, who has been decent this year. Uh, but inconsistent. You can also get the home raise at plus 100 on the money line. Don't think I would touch that. Kikuchi, 46 in the third innings, has a 5-1 and one record, which I know is irrelevant when we're analyzing or looking at uh, gambling angles, but interesting. 4.08 ERA, 1.32 whip, 12 walks, 43 strikeouts. McClanahan, the other on the side, perfect 7-0, 57 innings, 2.05 ERA, uh, 25 walks, 68 strikeouts. And 1.19 whip. So he is carrying on. And has to be, I think him, uh, Garrett Cole, and Sonny Gray probably are on the lead for the AL Cy Young. We'll just see who outlasts who, who can stay healthy and who can continue to dominate the way they have. Uh, the only blemish really on McClanahan's record was two games ago. Last game he threw a nice seven inning against Milwaukee, seven innings, six hits, no runs, a walk, seven strikeouts. Prior to that against the Yankees. In the game, the Rays lost 9-8, four innings, five hits, four walks, four earned runs, three strikeouts. Gave up two home runs in that game. Now, he has given up two home runs in a couple games, but he's limited other than that. He's given up, I think, six home runs in total in his – how many games he started here? Two, four, six, eight, ten starts. So six home runs and ten starts is an awfully impressive number. I think he'll continue to dominate. Yeah, he's a lefty. The Jays, most of their strength is on the right-hand side of the plate. Um Power lefty, you can put the ball, you know, if the Jays can put the ball in play, yes, they have a chance of getting some runs. Uh, chances are hitting, but, but, sorry, I'm all over the place here. But he has been limiting home runs, and that's usually how you get to stronger pitchers, i.e. Garrett Cole, a Scherzer, a Verlander, is get a walk or two, get a runner on base, and then hit a home run. He's been limiting the home runs, which I think is why he's been so successful. So I would have to lean the Rays here. I can't lean at minus 200, though. And a run line... Plus 100 just isn't enough value. Total of eight, although it's juiced to the over, so it might get to to um, might get to eight and a half. But again, home team plus 100 run line, no real value. It's probably a stay away from me. Next game, 6:40 in the East. The Cardinals are in Cincinnati to play the Reds. 
And this game could be ugly. And I think you could be ugly early. Uh, Cincinnati comes in as the favorite at, sorry, St. Louis comes in as the minus 155 favorite. The home runs are plus 135. Total here is 10.5. Uh, juice to the under. So money coming in on the under. I'd actually look to the over. I'm not going to be on it. Just too big a number. But the reason is a pitching matchup. Steven Matz comes into the cards 0 and 5, 46 in the third innings, 5.05 ERA, 1.62 whip, 18 walks, 43 strikeouts. He has been bad. Ben Lively, who's making just his, I think, third start, 11 innings, 2.45 ERA, 0.73 whip, a walk and 10 strikeouts. Those numbers are good, but I don't think he's been uh, that solid a pitcher, really. I would, I'm going to wait and see. Numbers aren't out yet because I'm recording this uh, late Thursday, late, late Tuesday night. Uh, I'm going to see what the first five number is. I'm probably going to come out at about five runs, five and a half. I think that might be a play. Everybody's been getting to Stephen. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mats and the cards have been hitting really well, so I think they can get the Ben Lively, especially in Cincinnati, put a couple balls over the fence and rack up some runs early. So, uh, maybe a first five for me here. Uh, I can't back Mats cards at minus 155. There's no way I'm backing Mats. Run lines plus 100. It's probably the play, but it's not really a whole lot of value on a run line with Steven Mats on the hill. 
7.05 in the East, we have an AL East battle. The, the Orioles are in New York to face the Yankees. You can get the home Yanks at minus 140 in the money line. The O's at plus 120. Total here is 8.5, juice to the over at minus 115. Some money coming in on the over. For the, for the Orioles, you have Tyler Wells on the hill, the young righty, 52 innings, 2.94 area, 0.79 whip, 10 walks, 46 strikeouts. Been doing quite well. Facing the lefty, Nestor Cortez, 48 and a third innings, 5.21 ERA, 1.28 whip, 14 walks, 48 strikeouts. Nestor's kind of been trugging, chugging along, doing all right, um, continuing his success from the last couple of years. And if anything, I, I would back the Yankees. The Yankees at home, I always like to, but Wells has been pitching quite well, no pun intended. Um, and, but a plus 120, I don't know if there's enough value there for me. You know, I, I think the Yankees are the better team. And traditionally, they have a better bullpen. But Baltimore's got two of the best relievers in the game right now uh, to shut the eighth and ninth of the late, late high leverage parts uh, of the game down. So, I don't think I would lean Baltimore, but at plus one twenty, if this creeps up to plus one twenty five, plus one thirty, I think I'll be on the O's. But for now, just a lean to Baltimore. Seven five in the East, we have the Padres in Washington to face the Nationals. And you can get the pods, minus 145 in run line, the home Nats, plus 125. Total here, 9.5, juice to the under at minus 115. Money coming in, obviously, on the under. And for the Padres, you have Ryan Weathers, their young lefty, 23rd and two-thirds inning, 3.42 ERA, 1.14 whip, 9 walks, 14 strikeouts. Trevor Williams, who's been hot and cold, but very inconsistent, 44 in the third innings, 4.26 ERA, 1.26 whip, 10 walks, and 32 strikeouts. Um, this game is to stay away from me too. Uh, San Diego's offense has really been sputtering and I can't, I, they're going to heat up eventually. Manny Machado's out, but he wasn't really doing anything for them. Tatis is back. He's doing well. Soto's doing well. It's not quite hitting as many home runs, but he's got an on-base percentage over 400. I think he's back. They're going to, they're going to get in the rhythm and I would see as the weather starts to heat up, they're going to get there soon, but they're not there yet. So can't back to a minus 145 and I just don't like the Nats are a better team than people think. Not a great team for sure, but a better team, especially against lefties. They've actually, they're better than league average. I think they're top 10 in their triple slash line. So their batting average, um, on base percentage and slugging percentage. Let me see if I can pull that up actually, because the Nats always surprise me at how well they do against lefties. So yeah, when I look at, uh, batting average, they are six at two against lefties. They're six at 299. Uh, they are fourth. In on-base percentage at 359, and slugging percentage, they are not a powerful team, but still ninth against lefties at 441. So they're doing well. Plus 125 against Ryan Weathers, probably not a bad price. Um, I just don't know that Trevor Williams can keep them in the game. That's kind of my fear. So that if that line creeps up as well for the Nats, they can get to plus 130, plus 135. I might be looking at them, but for now it's a stay away. 720 in the East, we have the battle of the best, two best teams in the NL again. The LA Dodgers are in Atlanta to face the Braves. I was actually on the Dodgers um, run line, pardon me, money line tonight against uh, against Atlanta and Strider. Um, plus 180, and I hit. It was my biggest win of the year on a money line play. And so uh, LA was starting the rookie, prized rookie, first uh, MLB start. Uh, Bobby Miller, and he did quite well, and they were able to get two striders. So I think this can continue to tomorrow. At least my angle is it's going to continue to tomorrow because I'm going to be on the Dodgers again, but this time I'm going to be on them. Uh, what did I grab here? I grabbed the run line at plus 155. So 
when I look at the Dodgers here, the uh, Braves come in this game. The Braves come in as minus 120 favorites, and the Dodgers on the road are plus 100. You can get the total at nine, juice to the over uh, at minus 120. So numbers, or money's obviously coming in in the over. And I think that has, yeah, has to do with the pitching matchup, but it kind of surprises me that that'd be on the over. Uh, Tony Gonsolin, the righty, starts for LA, and he hasn't gone a lot of innings this year, obviously. 24 innings, 1.13 ERA, 0.92 whip, 9 walks, uh, 13 strikeouts. On the flip side, we have Bryce Elder, who has been started out really well, um, but has certainly slowed down. And I Kind of think that could, could continue tomorrow. 52 and a third innings, 2.06 year, 1.15 whip, 15 walks, 45 strikeouts. Great numbers for sure, um, but I think he's been slowing down recently as the league's been getting to him. To go back to Gonsolin, uh, I don't see him being all that long for the game. He's actually, what's the last three games, he's gone five innings, no one hit, no runs against St. Louis, five innings, two hits, no runs against San Diego. Prior to that, six innings, uh, Three hits, three runs, but zero earned against Milwaukee. So they've been working his pitch count up for sure. Um, I don't think I could see him getting more than six innings. I mean, Atlanta's obviously a good hitting lineup too, so could be challenging to get deep in the game. But if he can go five or six and hand it off the bullpen, I think they got a good chance of winning. Elder, on the other hand, when I pull up his numbers, like I said, he's been um, started out well, but I think he's been slowing down recently. And on slowing down... I guess it's a relative term. His last outing, six innings against Seattle, uh, seven hits, two earned runs, a walk, and six strikeouts. Prior to that, five innings against the Jays, five hits, two runs, a uh, walk, and three strikeouts. Um, Baltimore, pitched well against Baltimore and Miami before that. Got hit around by Miami prior to that. So um, I just think that I just think that the Dodgers are, you know, Braves are best team in the National League, and the Dodgers are second best team. They're both top five or six in the majors. I think when the Dodgers when the Dodgers win, they have a phenomenal stat of the last couple of years. When they won, they won, you know, 100 of 100, 120 games. That's not it, but it's but it's almost something like that uh, by a run and a half or more. So I actually grabbed the Dodgers run line at plus 155, and um, I think it's still plus 155 in DraftKings. So if you get anything around there, plus 145, plus 150, I think they win. And I think if they're going to win, they could win by a couple runs because I think they'll be able to get the elder. 740 in East. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. The Tigers and KC, we can take a quick break, and then we'll wrap up on the diamond, hit the one game on the ice. All right, back to Kansas City, where the Tigers are in town. We get the home Royals at minus 120 favorite, the road Tigers at plus 100. Total here is 9, minus 110 on both sides. So obviously a few runs expect to be scored, and that comes down to the pitching matchup for the Tigers. You get lefty Matthew Boyd, 37, two-thirds inning, 6.21 area, 1.46 whip, 16 walks, 33 strikeouts. He's been pitching to contact and hasn't been going very well. His last couple outings, he's been hit around fairly hard. Kansas City on the side has Zach Grinke, who is terrible away from home and surprisingly continues to do well at home. 52 and a third innings, 4.82 ERA, 1.2 whips, 7 walks, 36 strikeouts. So he's pitching to even more contact than Boyd. Surprises numbers at 9 because I realize Boyd's been struggling. Grinke is good at home, and neither offense has been doing all that well. So I see this as probably an under. If I had to pick, I'm not on this game. If I had to pick, I would lean towards the under. Uh, I just think it could be an ugly, low-scoring, lack-of-offense kind of game. 740 in the East, we have the Mets playing the Cubbies. And no lines on this other than a money line. 
I think that's because uh, Senga was switched to the starter, and the game may currently still be going on as we speak. So we've got Kodai Senga starting for the Mets and Marcus Stroman for the Cubs. You can get the Cubs at minus 115 in the money line and the Mets as the underdog at minus 105. The numbers for these pitchers, Senga's been interesting to watch, hot and cold. When he's on, he's been really good. When he's off, he's worse than league average, I would say. Uh, 43 innings, 3.77 ERA, 1.44 whip. And that whip is because he has 26 walks, 43 innings. Not good. 55 strikeouts, though. So he's over, well over strikeout inning. Quite impressive. Marcus Stroman comes in 56 innings, 3.05 ERA, 1.14 whip, 21 walks and 51 strikeouts. He's also walking too many guys, but limiting contact. So he's been doing uh, quite well. Games in Chicago. Numbers are probably off the board as well, because we don't know which way the wind will blow. If the wind's blowing out, I'm going to put this number at about eight and a half, maybe close to nine. If it's blowing in, I'm going to put it at about seven and a half. Because uh, I think both these pitchers have the ability to limit each other's offense. And the way the Mets have been going lately, I can see Stroman doing well. So if anything, I would lean towards the Cubbies. Uh, but I don't really have a real strong feel in this game either way. Miami is in Colorado to continue their series with the Rockies. You can get the uh, Road Mar- Marlins at minus 165. You can get the Home Rockies at plus 140. Total here is 11. Uh, juice to the under at minus 120. So that's a low number. And that is purely due to the pitching matchup, or the, not the matchup so much as a starter for Miami. Sandy Alcantara has a 1-5 record. He won the NL Cy Young last year. Now, he hasn't been that good, but 1-5 is tough. 57 innings, 5.05 ERA, 17 walks, 54 strikeouts, 1.23 whip. Carl Kaufman, the young righty uh, for the fish for, for Colorado is on, on the mound. Pitched just one game, four and a third innings at home, 8.31 ERA, 2.08. Whip can't really two walks and four strikeouts can't really judge that. If anything, I would actually lean to the over. I mean, it's juiced to the, the numbers at 11 at minus 120. So that means it's coming down, money's coming in on the under. Um, I would actually, if this gets up to 10 and a half, I would look to the over. I mean, Alcantara has not been pitching well, Kaufman does not look, I mean, one outing, but he's not a prize prospect or anything, and not, not a lot of hype coming up, he's just filling in. Um, for, for some holes in the in the Rockies starting rotation. I think some runs can be put up in this game. Alcantara hasn't found himself yet. Um, he's had a couple good outings, a couple rough outings. And if he's not on, there's a very good chance that these two teams could put together 11 runs or more. The second last game of the night is in L.A. where the Angels host the Boston Red Sox. You can get the Road Sox at minus 115 on the money line. You can get the Home Angels at minus 105. I actually got Boston on FanDuel earlier at minus 102. So this, jump, this line has jumped up a little. I would play it to minus 110, minus 115 at the most. Anything more than that, I definitely wouldn't be touching. Total here is nine, just to the over at minus 120. So a lot of runs are expected to be scored, obviously. And I think um, that is because two lefties are on the hill, and both these teams hit well against lefties. Paxton's made just a couple starts, 11 innings, 2.5. Sorry, 2.45 ERA, 1.09 whip, three walks, 14 strikeouts. Uh, on the other side, though, Tyler Anderson has struggled this year. 42 and two-thirds innings, 5.27 ERA, not good. 1.62 whip, uh, definitely not good. 21 walks and 27 strikeouts. And when I go to Anderson's numbers, and, and sorry, let me jump to the, the hitting splits. I actually like... Um, I actually like Boston. I mean, Paxton, he's barely pitched in the last three years. He's done well um, in his couple outings. 
But both these teams hit well against lefties. So these both two lefties on the hill. We've got. I'm just trying to pull up the number the numbers here. Uh, for Boston is a little above league average, 264 batting average, 350 on base percentage, which puts them uh, about 11th of batting average, sixth in on base percentage, and their 422 slugging puts them also where are we about 14th. So they're above average, slightly above average um, versus lefties. And Anderson has really struggled. When we look at Los Angeles Angels, I think they're a little better. They're about seventh in batting average against lefties, so they're better. Uh, they're 346 uh, on base percentage, so a little, little below the Red Sox. And their 431 slugging is a little above at 11. So you've got, give or take, two slightly above average teams against left-handed pitching. And you've got one pitcher that looks to be coming back, has had a good career, looks to be doing all right, uh, although in a limited 11-inning sample size. And then you've got Tyler Anderson, who has really struggled. Um, you know, his last three outings, he's gone five innings, six innings, five innings, giving up three runs in each one. And prior to that, he only gave up one run in six and two-thirds at Milwaukee, but Milwaukee is one of the worst teams against lefties. Before that, at Kansas City, five and a third, Six runs, five earned at Boston, the same Red Sox, back in April 15th. Uh, four innings, eight hits, six runs. All six were earned. Two home runs, four walks, two strikeouts. Prior to that, against the Jays, four and two-thirds, five earned runs. He has struggled, and I think he will continue to struggle. So Boston's bat's been doing well. LA's going to do well against lefties. I think there could be runs scored here. However, um, when I look at the over, it's – up to it's at it's at not totals at nine, but juice to the over. So money's coming in the over. It's probably going to go up to nine and a half. Not really going to be on that one, but I think this comes down to if Paxton can pitch good to average, they have a very good chance of winning. Because I think Sox can get to Tyler Anderson. I think they can get to him for some runs. If Paxton has a blow up, then this game's a coin flip. So what I said, I, I got it at uh, minus one hundred two. I'm getting a little better than a coin flip if you play it to minus one fifteen. I think that's still a fair price. I'm on the Sox. Last game of the night. Oakland. <coughs> excuse me. Oakland continues the series in Seattle against <coughs> against the uh, the Mariners. Sorry. One second here. Need to get a drink. Okay. Let's finish this off. Oakland's in Seattle to play the Mariners. You can get the home M's at minus 275. The road A's at plus 230. Total here is eight, just the over at minus 115. So some money's coming in on the over. And you can get the M's on the run line at minus 130. So there's no chance I'm touching any line in this game. First of all, minus 275. You know, if the Dodgers or the Braves or uh, the Yankees are playing Oakland, maybe. Uh, but not Seattle. Seattle's offense has not been in the tank, but really been struggling. Uh, they're in a battle. I don't know how the game's ending between these two are ending tonight, but I think Oakland was leading 3-2 uh, late in the game. In Major League Baseball, anybody can win in any day. I'm not backing a very average offense. Bryce Miller, young rookie, has looked good, uh, but he's pitched 25 in a third innings. So I'm not really sure uh, how good he is. I don't think anybody's really sure how good he is. And then on a run line of minus 130, 
no chance. Okay, we talked about this again uh, twice now. I think twice earlier in the show. Total there is eight. Yeah, it's juiced to the over, so it might be going up to eight and a half. So not a huge higher scoring game, but a decent scoring game. Uh, the home Mariners are huge favorites. They're expected to win, which you would think they would win in nine innings, which means they only get eight at-bats. They don't bat in the last inning. And to take them by two runs, it's minus 130. That's too much for me to lay. So to quickly go through the numbers, Ken Walchuk is on the hill, the lefty for Oakland. 46 innings, 6.85 ERA, 1.85 whip, 28 walks, 39 strikeouts. He's pitching to contact. He's missing the zone a lot with 28 walks. 1.85 whip is terrible. 6.85 ERA, same thing. Uh, so I get why Seattle should win. Bryce Miller on the hill, 25 and a 30, 1.42 ERA, just two walks, 22 strikeouts, and 0.51 whip. Some great numbers for the young uh, righty, but he's a young righty. And when I pull up, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, who he's faced, um, he's done well, but a young prospect, good above average prospect, but not a elite, I don't think, level prospect. Uh, he's faced these same Oakland A's in his, in his first Start of his career, six innings, two hits, one earned run, no walks, and 10 strikeouts. Um, six innings, no runs against Houston. Seven innings, no runs against Detroit. And then he ran into Atlanta, six in the third innings, four hits, three earned runs, one walk, and four strikeouts. So he's done very well. They should be this favored by this much. But the Oakland A's, as bad as they are, and everybody loves making jokes about them, are still a Major League Baseball team full of Major League Baseball players who aren't just going to go out and roll over to a, to anybody. And the flip side is Seattle's offense just isn't there. So uh, I can't back these guys. I like Seattle. I like them to win. Probably like them to cover the run line. But those numbers just don't add up to me or add up to anything that I can play. So 15 games on the diamond, full slate. We're going to wrap up with one game on the ice. We are in game four territory, elimination territory, potentially here. Um, sorry. Yeah, potentially uh, elimination here. We have Florida at home at minus 120, Carolina on the ropes at plus 100. And total here is five and a half, juice to the under at minus 125. So this number probably isn't going to move. It might move down to five, but uh, I'd be surprised. I like the Panthers to close things out here. Uh, they've been playing well. A lot of tight games, I know, uh, but they just seem to have, have have what it takes. And at minus 120, that's a pretty reasonable price uh, for a playoff game, uh, especially on their home ice. So I lean the Panthers at minus 120. So no NBA. little update on what I'm looking at. Uh, I do like Miami plus 8.5 and, and the over 215 in their game, which will be in tonight or uh, on Thursday night, I believe. Um, in in the NHL, I like the Panthers at minus 120, and then a whole slew of Major League Baseball games. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you got some thoughts. Hope you got some angles. Hope you learned to stay away from that home team run line uh, in a low-scoring game in baseball. If there's one thing you take from today's show, don't take a run line on a home, with a home team if the total is eight or below. Well, don't unless you have an absolute dominant ace on the hill for that home team, which we're not seeing tonight. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Got some picks, got some angles. Hopefully you can make some money. Hopefully we can make some money. And hopefully I can make some money. And we'll chat with you tomorrow.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.